It's Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, and I'm Dave Sobel. Three things to know today. Small business optimism continues to be on the rise, but employee happiness declines. From coast to coast and across the pond, privacy laws rewrite the online norms and AI's unforeseen consequences, national dominance, and gig economy reshaping. This is the business of tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Q3 MetLife and U.S. Chamber of Commerce Small Business Index shows that small business owners' confidence has increased, with 66% saying their business is in good health and 71% expecting revenue to increase next year. However, while they're optimistic about their own companies, they have less optimism about the overall economy. Inflation remains a major concern for small business owners, with wage inflation being a particular challenge in Q3. That said, according to a survey by Bamhor HR, employee happiness in 2023 has reached an all-time low, with a 6% decrease since the beginning of 2020. The decline in happiness has been particularly significant in 2023, with a 9% drop in employee net promoter scores. The data reflects a trend of decreasing job satisfaction in the U.S., as a recent Gallup poll shows. Happiness levels vary by industry, with the construction industry reporting the highest levels of happiness and the tech sector experiencing a rapid decline. Financial challenges and unpopular return to office mandates may contribute to decreased happiness. Why do we care? The data on the economy continues to be solid and business owners are feeling it. Ideally, this should put them in a positive mindset and start driving that cycle of investment and growth. Business owners, imbued with a positive outlook, could be gearing up for investment, innovation, and expansion. Employees, on the other hand, are a lot less so. This will cause both a challenge for providers themselves and downstream customers. I'm a bit of a broken record on this point. Still, I believe there's an opportunity to help organizations build effective hybrid work environments based on business outcomes and not arbitrarily counting days in the office. And it sure seems lucrative. California lawmakers have passed a bill known as the Delete Act, which aims to make it easier for consumers to delete their personal information held by data brokers. The bill would allow consumers to request the deletion of their personal information from all data brokers with a single request. The California Privacy Protection Agency would create a process for consumers to make these deletion requests by January 2026. The bill builds upon the California Consumer Privacy Act passed in 2018, giving consumers more control over their data online. Delaware has passed the Personal Data Privacy Act, becoming the 12th state to enact comprehensive consumer privacy legislation. The PDPA grants consumers privacy rights over their personal data and imposes requirements on covered entities. 
The law will take effect on January 1st, 2025, and applies to businesses that process the personal data of at least 35,000 consumers or 10,000 consumers, with more than 20% of their revenue derived from the sale of personal data. Consumers will have rights such as access to personal data, correction of inaccuracies, and the ability to opt out of targeted advertising. Controllers must comply with various duties, including limiting data collection and providing clear privacy notices. Sensitive data, including that biometric data, is also protected. There is no private right of action, and the Delaware Department of Justice handles enforcement. Thirteen states have passed consumer privacy laws that are comprehensive. These laws are based on existing models, with some states adding greater substantial protections than others. I've included a link to the summary of all of them. Britain has passed a comprehensive online safety law that includes age verification requirements for pornographic sites and regulations to combat hate speech, harassment, and illicit content. The law is one of the most extensive attempts by a Western democracy to regulate online speech and aims to strike a balance between free expression and privacy. The legislation also requires companies to screen for objectionable material and judge its legality proactively. The bill raises concerns about online privacy and could potentially jeopardize encrypted messaging services like WhatsApp. Ofcom will enforce the bill and work towards tackling illegal content and protecting child safety. A federal council has released a report recommending that federal agencies develop common definitions, timelines, and triggers for reporting cyber incidents. The report coincides with the Biden administration's regulatory push on cyber and addresses industry concerns about the proliferation of reporting rules. The recommendations include developing a model definition for cyber incidents, uniform rules for reporting timeframes and triggers, safeguards for delayed notifications, and streamlining the reporting process. Industry groups cautiously praise the report, highlighting the need for clear, streamlined, and harmonized requirements. The report also identifies eight federal agencies with reporting requirements for the financial services sector. The Council urged Congress to remove legal barriers, provide funding for data sharing, and shield disclosure of reports from Freedom of Information Act requests. Why do we care? California is building, essentially, a do-not-sell list for data brokers. Between California and New York, setting a baseline for most businesses. I prefer these laws coming out of Congress, but privacy laws are spreading nationwide. And then the Brits go out all on their own. In the opportunity bucket is the need to help customers manage their data, and I'd be remiss if I didn't observe some of that is actively deciding not to collect some data. The old idea of keeping everything just in case is precisely that, old thinking. For IT services providers and businesses, these legal shifts signify a dual challenge and opportunity. While adapting to these new norms requires effort and investment, it also offers an avenue for differentiation and value addition. Helping clients navigate this maze from understanding their obligations to implementing compliance systems can be a lucrative niche. We're watching those federal moves on cyber incident reporting as they'll quickly become the industry standard. Too much of the economy is driven by federal spending, and that's the point. That's why we care. 
I want to talk a bit about impacts, not the tech itself. A Finnish researcher based at Oxford has mapped the geography of AI infrastructure, focusing on the distribution of computing power and the concentration of facilities housing graphics processing units, or GPUs. The map reveals that a few countries dominate the industry, including the US, Ireland, Germany, and Japan. As AI becomes a focal point of global economic and geopolitical competition, this map is expected to play a significant role. The map also considers which tech companies own the infrastructure, highlighting the influence of companies like Amazon on AI development. The reversal of the personal computing revolution is also discussed in the article linked as computation becomes centralized in industrial-scale facilities. According to Morgan Stanley, generative AI programs like ChatGPT could transform the gig economy into a $1.4 trillion industry. The bank believes that multi-earning has become a secular growth theme, with generative AI as the differentiator. They predict that generative AI will increase gig workers' incomes by $83 billion in the base case scenario and $300 billion in the bull case outcome. Why do we care? I'm struck by the idea that AI is limited by compute, considering that the concept of cloud was to remove the limitation entirely. Funny how that one works out. What second-level impacts will happen? by the power of AI dominated by countries with that compute power. The more you can find those opportunities, the better. The intersection of the gig economy and AI is another second-order effect I wasn't expecting. What can be taken advantage of in that space for you or for your customers? That second portion is the consulting I'm most interested in. How can we help customers more by leveraging AI to help them expand and how it relates to gig economy? MSP Global is the place to be to shape the future of services. MSPs, VARs, MSSPs, if you work in digital enablement, you need to be at the Nürburgring. Discover products, form new partnerships, connect with top leaders, and hear from MSP industry voices, as well as rock legend Bob Geldof. You'll get to enjoy the legendary Nürburgring racetrack, perfect for the theme of driving digital transformation. MSP Global, November 14 to 16, and registration is free with the code MSP Radio or the link in the show notes. MSPGlobal.com and code MSP Radio to attend for free. Thanks for listening. I'm picking National Queso Day because queso, and I picked it over National Fried Rice Day and National String Cheese Day. Not that I don't like fried rice and string cheese, but queso. I will talk to you again tomorrow. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. Like the content? Support the show at patreon.com slash MSP radio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. If you want to reach our listeners, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Part of the MSP Radio Network.